If you're overtraining, not getting adequate rest, or not eating sufficient enough proteins, your body will go into catabolic or negative impact from exercise. Lack of exercise will mean that we'll have higher circulating levels of testosterone. When you've had a baby, too much activity might switch off from breast milk flow. If you're trying to lose weight and you're really struggling, utilizing this little secret can be the difference to you losing weight where you might not have before. Welcome to Hormones with Sam your guide through the confusing world of hormone health. I'm your host, Sambo Patrick, here to help you demystify and unlock the secrets to living a vibrant, happy life. Together, let's make hormones fun and sexy. So today we're going to be talking about the impact of fitness and exercise upon your hormones. It's really important if you want balanced hormones that you do exercise because exercise plays a really important role with getting rid of stress hormones, bringing them back into balance and create a fuller sense of you. So does exercise help in balancing your hormones? It certainly does. When you consider some of the hormones that are important for blood sugar levels such as insulin and glucagon, we've also got stress hormones like adrenaline, noradrenaline, testosterone and cortisol. Exercise helps with all of them. It helps use up the extra sugar that might be circulating around that our body needs for movement and it might also, if we've got any excess, start tapping into that. What sort of types of exercise are considered um, to be beneficial for you? Well, I like to think of exercise as being three different sorts. I like to think of it being aerobic or fat burning, anaerobic or muscle and isometric and restorative exercise. You might not like the word exercise, you might prefer to call it movement, moving your body, whatever you like. I'm just going to refer to it as exercise for, for this uh, podcast. Now, aerobic or cardio exercise is when it's prolonged. Your heart rate generally goes to about 50-60% of the max heart rate, so it's a slower burn of energy. You're using things like fat supplies to break down and move into what's called the Krebs cycle, where it's just the powerhouse where you produce the energy in the mitochondria for the cell. Aerobic activity can generally go longer. So ideally you'd be going for 30 to 60 minutes a day doing a type and consider that a cardio session. It might be walking, it might be running, it might be bushwalking, might be swimming or if you like the gym, you might call it a cardio class. Muscle building or anaerobic activity is more explosive where your body uses store energy, which is usually glycogen, and it uses that to come into the cell to ignite the mitochondria for that energy. There's another little system, and if you've studied uh, physiology or biology at school, you'll know that as the ATP system. But both of those two systems are very quick they, re they give the energy very rapidly and they need to stock up. It's not sustainable. We know that about a 100-metre run, which if you're listening to this in the States, I'm not too sure, but you do it in yards, but that's about a 10 to, well, for me, probably a 30-second-minute sprint. <laughs> I'm not Usain Bolt, who I think does it in about 10 seconds. During that time, though, that short burst of energy, that would be considered an anaerobic activity. Muscle building activities or isometric where you're pushing against a non-movable object or anaerobic activity uses slightly different fuel sources from the body. There's two ones, so the anaerobic or the lactic acid system tends to use stored glycogen which is there and it brings it into the cell rapidly and your mitochondria can make some energy. 
There's also a little bit of stored energy that doesn't last for very long within the cells in the uh, creatine monophosphate creatine phosphate system and it's known as ATP and that's like lighting a match. It's very dynamic energy. Both those two energy systems burn pretty quick. They give you a lot of dynamic energy and from that you can build muscle, you can escape things very quickly but it, that level of energy burn isn't sustainable over a longer period of time and your body will generally flip back into the cardio or the aerobic system. Now, the third type of activity that I'd like to mention, which is really important for hormone balancing, is the restorative type of activities. They're the things like yoga or stretching, Pilates, uh, probably the way I swim, swimming. Uh, activities where you're incidentally moving your body. You're not necessarily doing it to get your heart rate up or to smash out a new PB. You're doing it to allow your body to restore. During that time, hormones can do remarkable things. We can lower our stress hormones, so our adrenaline and noradrenaline can drop down because we're getting rid of all that frenetic energy. Testosterone will drop down or go into the cells, as can insulin and um, cortisol. In fact, part of the massive um, secret that I'd love to share about exercise is that when you exercise for 30 to 40 minutes after that activity has ceased, you don't need insulin to get the sugar into the cells and it's a really good health hack to know. If you're trying to lose weight and you're really struggling, utilising this little secret of mine, going for what I call snatch grabs, can be the difference to you losing weight where you might not have before. Now, a snatch grab is a 10-minute activity. It might be getting up and doing something really dynamic in the office or it might be putting on some sneakers and just saying, hey, I'll go down the post if you're in the office and dropping off some mail. Just that little bit of activity, which I call snatch grabs, will make a huge difference to what happens at the cell wall and how your body handles sugar and utilises um, fat stores. So I call them snatch grabs. If you can try and get 10 minutes in a day, if you are really ha ha hamstrung on getting 60 minutes of exercise in a day, this is a really great way to build it up. Just do three snatch grabs, three 10-minute grabs over the day and before you know it, you'll be doing 30 minutes of exercise over the day that you previously weren't and that will go a long way to balancing your hormones and if you're trying to lose weight, it's critical. Exercise can have a negative impact on the body though. It's not all positive. If you're overtraining, over-exercising, not getting adequate rest or not eating sufficient enough proteins and even enough carbs, your body will go into catabolic or negative impact from exercise. At that point, you might experience fatigue or notice when you go to exercise, you just don't have the same strength. You're not bouncing back as quick or you might end up with some injuries that never repair. From a hormone perspective, you might end up with low testosterone. Low testosterone is a real indicator that you're probably over, overcooking it. And that might be someone who's, you know, for, you know, in the gym every day or running. And if your testosterone drops, you'll start feeling quite fatigued. Your sex drive might drop off and you won't be able to create muscle. So testosterone is really important. Good levels are important if you want to gain muscle mass. And in fact, women going through menopause who often drop testosterone will tell me that they notice that they're, they're losing muscle mass and they don't know why. It'll be because their testosterone has dropped off. Progesterone also doesn't like environments where there's um, excessive activity. So 
Girls who might be bodybuilding, you might find that if you're not getting adequate rest that your cycle might stop altogether and that can be due to the progesterone or it might be due to the fact you're doing so much work, your testosterone's gone up and that's also switched the ovaries off. It's really important, as I said before, to consider the different types of exercise available to you. And even if you're loving isometric and building your muscles and going into muscle comps or gym work, it's important to also do the restorative work to allow those other hormones to do their thing and to bubble up so you've got adequate levels of them. So with activity, it doesn't always have to be indoor or outdoor. You might mix it up a little bit. Some indoor activities might be rock climbing or going to the gym or just doing some stretches on the ground or against a wall. Outdoor activities, and I tend to prefer to be outdoor. I find I've got a lot of energy and for me having that change in environment, which also raises dopamine, which is super important if you've got ADHD or a very active mind, outdoor and changing landscapes is probably better than being stuck in a gym. Now, these sort of outdoor activities might include swimming in the ocean, bushwalking, surfing, kite surfing, jumping out of a plane, scrambling up mountains, uh, bike riding, rollerblading. Outdoor activities that uh, are done in nature might help bring that stress hormone down and enable you to reset psychologically but also physically. Now, there are some changes that you might want to modify at different phases of your life. One's puberty. Now, puberty is when your hormones start to kick in. And for girls, that can be quite an unsettling time as their um, estrogen and progesterone levels find their new uh, barometer of normal. They might be fatigued. They might suffer with some PMS while that occurs. And getting girls at this age to do high intensity might fatigue them. Some activity, though, I believe is essential. And you know, it's a very typical picture to see young kids highly engaged, maybe if you're in Australia at nippers doing surf lifesaving or gymnastics and um, cheerleading and all sorts of activities, but when they hit a high school, pull back on it. Now, it's important to keep some activity going. Now, a lot of those activities they might have done as a um, little person or in primary school, they might not feel close to anymore, like cheerleading or gymnastics. So it's important as parents that we've introduced other types of activities for them, such as bike riding or rollerblading and activities that they can do on their own or do in a group environment. Through our fertile years, and you would have heard me talk about high testosterone, how uh, diabolical that can be for the fertility journey, exercise is a very cool way to drop down testosterone. And that's because when we exercise, those glute D4 receptor sites open up and testosterone has an opportunity to get into the cell where it does its action. Lack of exercise will mean that we'll have higher circulating levels of testosterone and that is known as that syndrome, polycystic ovary syndrome or female hormone disorder. It can switch off the ovaries so fertility just doesn't happen and conception won't occur. High testosterone can lead to symptoms of um, masculinity and belly fat, whiskers, acne, thinning of the hair. So if you think that might be going on, exercise is a really good way to explore your body, see how you feel after it, see if you feel more relaxed and if you suffer with irritability and anger, it should drop down with some exercise if it's due to that phenomena. Now, during menopause, exercise might shift again for you. 
you might find that during those fertile years and if you've had children and you get back into some high-impact activity, that in menopause it's not the right thing for your body right then. Your body might need to do a big catch-up and a big lag. And if you're burnt out, trying to embark on an eight-week gym program or you know, climbing across the Himalayas or doing um, Camino de Santiago might be too much for your body. You might want to slow it down and let your adrenals catch up so then you can find all the energy you need and then address what, what's missing in your hormones. So menopause, I've done a couple of blogs on this. I'm, a, I'm not a fan of dragging tyres. I think that hardcore, high-impact activity while you're going through the transition will possibly have negative effects. Once again, some exercise is critical, but maybe you're more towards the cardio and the restorative type of activities. When you've had a baby and uh, you're post-baby, so postpartum, activity, once again, particularly if you're breastfeeding, has to be modified to suit the arrangement with you and your child. Too much activity might switch off breast flow and breast milk flow. So you might find that those restorative and cardio activities are all your body needs at that time. As you feel that your body shape is changing after pregnancy and, you know, they call it baby weight. They can just naturally go because our hormones start to shift. That's the time to go to the gym. Got to be careful before that time though because if you're breastfeeding, the ligaments and the tendons are a lot weaker due to circulating prolactin levels and you're more prone to injury. In fact, when I was breastfeeding, it was, I was advised by um, gym instructors not to lift weights, not to do bench squats, you know, deep squats because you're more prone to injury for your back, your knees and other areas. For women who love going to the gym and many are becoming body sculptors or taking it to the next level, you might find that you get a surge in testosterone. Now, this might be an unfamiliar feeling within you and you might get the desired changes, which is the extra muscle mass and the, you know, that sort of feeling. But you might find that it's difficult to switch off at night. Going and only doing high-impact activity is going to keep you wedged in a high-testosterone state. Learning to embrace the oxytocin Hormone activities that I talk about, the dancing and the swirling and the re-feminizing will help bring that testosterone down, as well as restorative activities. So restorative activities might be taking up Tai Chi down at the beach or Qigong or yoga or Pilates. Those activities will help those masculine hormones that we can create when we're doing a lot of high impact exercise back down to a neutral base and then you should be able to relax at night fall back into your feminine uh, space, not suffer with things like polycystic ovary syndrome or female hormone disorder. So once again, fantastic if you're loving the sculpting and the bodybuilding, but you need to know that you're shifting your hormones behind the scenes and the high testosterone, it's good if you can learn to switch it off by raising up the oxytocin. Now, a lot of bodybuilders also experience um, their, their period just stopping, their cycle stopping. That can be due to a couple of things. That can be due to progesterone. So progesterone uh, may be switched off or it can be due to too much testosterone, which will tell your body that it's not time to fall pregnant. It's time to be, you know, um, to uh, and uh, muscle on as such. So it's really common for girls who are sculpting or doing bodybuilding to find their periods change, lengthen or stop altogether. 
it should return to normal when you cease those activities. And if they don't, it's a time to reach out, get a saliva test, see what's happening with your hormones at the base level and seek out professional help, someone who does this stuff all the time to help you navigate what your body needs at that point in time to get it back into balance. One of my favourite things that exercise brings to um, the, the body is dopamine. Dopamine is our pleasure hormone. It makes us feel happy and it makes us feel good. You will find that um, the gym may give that to you, like kind of static activity, but you're more likely to liberate dopamine if you're in changing environments. So martial arts or rafting, um, kayaking, surfing, uh, activities where it's changing all the time and you'll get this nice little rise in dopamine. Now, dopamine is um, implicated with our moods. It's our pleasure or pain hormone. So if you are struggling with moods, if you find that work's getting too much, that you're getting you know, stuck in the, the of life, just changing up the activity, so not just going from work to gym to home to work to gym to home, but actually introducing a different type of exercise might boost up your dopamine and give you that happy, um, content, joy feeling that might be missing in your life at the moment. We also know exercise plays an imperative role with serotonin, which is our happy hormone, and uh, if we're low on it, it might create anxiety states as well as GABA. So exercise has been shown to help with those particular, you know, low mood, anxiety, can't sleep at night, simply introducing exercise, maybe just start with 30 minutes a day and it might be a walk and you might find your moods will bounce up as well as your sleep will improve. If weight is an issue for you and that can occur at any time in life, it can happen because we're eating too much food, we're not burning it up through our activity levels or we have hormone shifts such as high testosterone high insulin, high cortisol, which will lead to excessive weight. So I don't know if you've ever been stressed and had a block where you've been stressed for six weeks and you suddenly gain all this tummy fat. Nothing else might have changed. It'll be those stress hormones impacting on your body. At those junctions, it's really important to introduce exercise back into your life and see it as one of the key foundations in your everyday. So eating is critical. Eating really well is important. Exercising every day if you can is essential and it's essential foundation to have balanced hormones and incredible health. If you found that uh, during school maybe that exercise or PE classes put you off exercise, maybe reframe it. Look at doing some dancing or try something that's more in the adult space. You might join a TAFE group or you might go along with a girlfriend to a dance group Try something that you haven't tried before. Go in with an open mind and often the social elements that come with that will supersede any negative impact that you've had with exercise in the past. I would warn against challenges if, you're, if that's not the way you are built. You know, doing eight weeks over a year isn't really exercising, even though it might be intense for eight weeks. Pick up things that are sustainable that you enjoy and that will, you know, you're happy to do each day. So it's not a chore. It's something that you fit your life around. Social groups, new groups, activity on your own, outdoors, 
These are positive um, shifts that you can create around exercise, so you really look forward to doing it. If you've really enjoyed this podcast, I'd love you to follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and please leave a five-star review so other people can hear about hormones and how to make them fun and sexy.